Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-Housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-Housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We have broken ground on the first co-housing project in Houston, Texas. In fact, the first in all of Texas. <laughs> Woo! Hi, Lynn. Hey, Kelly. Hey, you know, somebody told me on the phone, I meant to tell you that this morning, that there's actually some eco-village project you know, taking off in Austin. So I really need to chase that down because well, I keep so telling exciting. everybody, no. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. That would be great because I would love to take a little road trip and go visit other people doing the same thing. I'm eternally jealous if you are listening from the Oregon, Colorado, California, Washington area, you don't know how good you have it when you've got co-housing all over the place. I know, I know. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I gave a talk this morning to a group of businesswomen in Houston. So it was very interesting. We got some of the usual questions. And one of the things that I was struck by was the fact that I'm really talking to an audience who had not really sought out co-housing. So I'm kind of coming to them cold yeah. with a topic related to housing, to a development project on the surface, looks sort of like a condominium. Um, they know there's something about additional community, but I think they all think of it as kind of a glorified retirement community, but stretched to all generations. And um, it just kind of got me thinking about the Asian market experience. And <laughs> just, just okay, by, by background, uh, Lynn and her family lived in Asia for many years. This is why her mind first goes to an Asian night market. Go. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm at an Asian night market, and if you've ever seen me, you'll know that there's no way I can go undercover in an Asian white market. I mean, white market, night market, because I am very white, and my hair is very white, and everything <laughs> about me just screams, I do not come from the environment in which an Asian night market is born. So anyway, I'm walking through the Asian night market and everybody is very attentive to me because I look like I might have money in my pocket. So when I start looking at the goods and the beautiful fabrics, et cetera, I'm always asked, do you like, you know, and they don't ever bother with it. Do you like it? It's do you like, and mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, I like it very much. It's beautiful. What you want to buy? And I said, well, it depends, you know, so what what does every single American Kelly respond <laughs> to a question like that from a vendor? Do you want to buy? Well, here I'm going to dip what into my experience, Lynn, because uh, I grew up in Turkey going to the Kapala Church in Istanbul. And the next thing that every American tourist would say would be, how much is it? How much? Of course. Yep. How much? And they say, it doesn't matter how much. But <laughs> the American in me, says, no, it matters very much. And they say, no, if you like it, then we will make a deal. And I'm like, no, what if there's not possible to make a deal? It's like, no, we will make a deal. Here, sit down, have a tea. You know, you can be offered all kinds of things. In Bangkok, you might get mangoes, sticky rice, and who knows what. But um, anyway, there's this whole idea that I am, I just realized that I come at this transaction from such a very Western perspective. And that is that it's all about how much it costs. That's yeah. the criteria that I use. Yep. So of course I have to like it, 
but the cost is where I start as opposed to starting with, I love it. And it just made me, I was just very cognizant of that this morning when I was talking to this group, because the starting point for most people in the U.S. when they talk about purchasing a place to live or any kind of living decision is, where's the location? And, you know, everybody talks about location, location, location. But then very quickly after that, especially in a higher end market, is what is the layout? What influence will I have on a newly constructed place in terms of customization? And when we tell them that, well, don't worry about any of that, we're leaving out with community first, they kind of look at me like I look at that Asian vendor you know, in the market, like, no, we got to talk about the price first. And so I, I just wondered if, if uh, you've had any kind of, if that resonates with you in any way. You know, it does. And it, it's interesting to me too, that you bring up fabric, like looking at fabric in the market, because I think about, I spend a lot of time in fabric stores and I think about the things that I do, or I like it, I touch it, I feel it, I walk around with it a little bit. I take it to see a natural light. You know, I look at the drape. So mm-hmm. you have a relationship with, and then I look at the price because honestly, I am led by my heart when it comes to fabric. You can only guess what my fabric stash <laughs> looks like now, but, but you know what I mean? I'm led by my heart. I'm led by something that I really, that I really love. So in that way, I'm open to having kind of a relationship with this thing before mm. I'm starting to put some metrics on it or put some, and you know, if, if I love it and it's like insanely expensive, I'm still not going to, I can't love it that much, you know, but, but definitely, you know, it's, it's kind of having that space, that openness to have a relationship with something Mm -hmm. before you start to put numbers around it, or before you start to put, you know, well, how large are the windows or, you know, do, where would the light come in or the things that, that people use a lot, I think, to put some, um, some kind of familiar hooks around the co-housing concept. Mm -hmm. Like they're drawn mm-hmm. to, oh, I have a sense of wanting more community, but instead of really sitting with that relationship and seeing like, are, is this the community I want? Or is this the tribe I want? Um, instead, they kind of put up all of the, uh, the hooks first, like, oh, well, you know, which, what would my view look like? Or, you know, other things that aren't quite so um, essential to having your heart be open to doing something, living somewhere new or, mm. or doing something differently. What do you think, Lynn? So why do you think they, well, what, I'm just wondering, because I think you're kind of setting up hooks for where you're going to take me next in this. Mm-hmm. Um, you use the word hooks, like they're setting up hooks. Um, are, are you, and I'm, I know I hate to put words in your mouth, but are you suggesting that they're setting up potential exit strategies? Yeah. Like, you know, where are you going to hang your hat? Like either they've heard, you know, they've heard something that then makes them, Like, I think we use it in both ways. So our property Mm -hmm. is in the East End. It's a very, very hot, attractive area of town in Houston. Um, Right now, there's a ton of investment going on over there. It's inside the loop. You know, there are just all these really great things about it. It's in the news all the time for like, hey, awesome Mm -hmm. new restaurants or housing prices are going up, you know, the, these are the hot areas. So, so that's one hook, you know, that I can put my hat on like, oh, this is a good investment, but that's actually not why mm-hmm. I'm moving into co-housing. It's not because it's a great investment, you know? Right. Um, but then another hook might be, oh, the square footage is uh, smaller than my current home or 
Um, I can't, you know, walk to one of Houston's two major parks from, from my unit. You know, those would be other hooks mm -hmm. that like, oh, where are you going to hang your hat? Is it going to be on the, you've chosen to use some arbitrary metric to, to move you towards the positive or some arbitrary, you know, thing to move you towards the negative mm -hmm. when really it's your heart that's probably making the decision here. Well, it seems to me that the hooks that you're describing are ones that are tried and true. They're talked about in the real estate market. They're part of our vernacular. And I think when we start entering into conversations with people about co-housing, we just don't have the same kind of metrics. Yeah. We don't have those well understood um, uh, things that you can use as criteria to measure things by to compare, contrast and compare and also to get kind of a sense of how am I even going to describe this to people who don't know anything about what I'm doing? Yeah. Like, no, that's you know, you remember can... when you first were like, um, we have to do a, you have to have it like an elevator pitch. Remember like in some of yeah. those early community meetings, because I mean, I, now I've been at this for, you know, four-ish years. I lived in co-housing. Like I've spent 10 years of my life, like talking about co-housing in some way, shape or form. And I still don't have like a 13 word thing to say like, and this is why you do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really hard. Yeah. It'd be nice if there were some like metric out there that we could just like, -dum, here's the metric and this is why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So it ends up being, and I think that actually speaks to why. So I talked to somebody this morning, for example, on the phone who expressed an interest and um, their response was, they just found out about it yesterday. And their response was, well, let me go drive by the project and then I'll let you know if, if, if I, if I want to, if I want to, you know, get involved. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. This takes weeks, months. This is not a, I'm going to drive by the project. I'm going to look at the floor plans, uh, look at the choices of tile and flooring. And then boom, I'm in. It just doesn't yeah. work like that because there is this whole other layer um, around community and the relationships and that it, it's just, I'm really struggling with how to open people's hearts and minds to that, you know, other yeah. than having them continue to bump up against us, come back and be exposed to us, hear another anecdote, talk to somebody else as to why they've joined maybe somebody who has no experience with this, who maybe is a little bit newer, like share their story. Like what prompted you? Like a newer member, Jim, we were talking about him earlier. Like what prompted Jim to suddenly go from, hmm, that's kind of curious to, oh, wow. You could see his eyes light up, right? Yeah, yep. It was, it was when he made a connection to something he had experienced in his life in another time and another place and another community I actually just happened to be in the military, but he just suddenly just had this aha moment and everything slotted in for him. Yeah. And he just then made the plunge in all of these other criteria, like price per square foot location, blah, blah, blah. That was like, whatever, I'll figure that out because this thing that I've now identified, this is the prize and this is what I'm going for. Then you have the next challenge is you have to explain it to everybody else <laughs> in your life, your family, either your kids or your parents think you're crazy or your friends who think my friends, all my former colleagues at ExxonMobil, if you're out there listening, I know what you guys think of me. You think I've just gone one, <laughs> one step too far, you know, <laughs> off the edge. 
you were always worried about me and, um, <laughs> you know, my, my tendencies. And now it is proven. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, Lynn, because I do think that people, when the people who decide to uh, live in co-housing or who decide not just co-housing, you know, people just who make a, a decision to live differently than their life circumstances would otherwise suggest, right? So kind of everybody you could you could probably pick out the trajectory for most people and then some people just take a different <laughs> take a different turn you know and i think that those people have found some hook to their own experience in the past so it's almost like the metrics don't work in that way because for each person it's different each person has mm -hmm. a really different kind of starting place for making that kind of decision to you know, better their lives in some way by by living differently than than you would expect, and that to me is when I see people really shift over to oh, okay, I, mm. I get it, I get it because it means something to me now, and that's yeah, the yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think um, if we reflect on why does somebody make a decision, you know, they so how is it what happens in the conversation with us that that moves them towards this reconnection and i think it's something that you said to me before i'm going to let you say it if you remember what it was about holding the space for them oh no i think i put it that i don't think we say anything that helps <laughs> i don't think exactly we, yeah i don't i don't think that we you know really say anything that is going to connect for people we just hold, yeah, we just open up this space where we're willing to talk about how you can live differently with greater connection and greater sustainability and how we could do that and what that could look like and what we're all willing to do to make that a reality. Mm -hmm. And I think when you hold that space open long enough, then people who are interested in that start to relate back to things in their lives. And that's how they make the decision on their own. Um, I, do you do you agree, Lynn? I, I wish everybody could. I wish people could see you because you have this beautiful way with your hands, and you've just kind of stretched out, out you know, physically in the space in front of you. This beautiful kind of visual of this vase of kind of holding everybody in this, and I just love that idea that you people come into the conversation and you just kind of hold it, and then light bulbs start to go on for people, and I think yeah. it's in that space that it happens, and so. I think I was talking to one of the sales consultants this morning, you know, for another project I'm doing. And um, she was saying, you know, don't spend your time on people who just keep pounding the drum of, you know, floor plans and these yeah. details and those physical details, because they're not, they're not in a place. They've kind of already got their exit path and they're just trying to make that uh more substantive for them to prove to themselves that they're not going to do this so don't waste your time you don't need to go there with them just you know thank them for their attention and let them gracefully move on their way yeah yeah because it's interesting you know when you think about once you live in co-housing or even when you're part of our forming group you really need to be in a place where you're willing to listen to the people around you and you're willing to look beyond metrics because when we make decisions mm -hmm. like, you know, listening to Laird, talking to him last week about, you know, people have like a deep seated 
whatever, you know, like I think you used the dog as an example of, you know, maybe, maybe you want to have dogs because you have this experience of, you know, after your father passed away, your mother found great companionship with a dog, or maybe you don't want dogs because as a child, your sister was attacked by a dog. The people have these kind mm -hmm. of deep seated, you know, things in their background that really inform the way that they come to relationships and come to um, agreements as adults and that you need to be willing to uh, listen to that and you need to be interested in the people around you in that way. And so if it's all about floor plans and, you know, an investment property or something like that, you're not really mm -hmm. kind of honoring that relational side of co-housing, which is where the richness is, honestly. It's mm -hmm. where good stuff is. Yeah, that's where the feel good. So I'm looking forward to these uh, sociologists refining their skills and assessing this. I know there has been some beginning works on this where, you know, you'll read about, oh, they've shown that proximity to people who are really happy make you happy as well, even yeah. if you don't have really close. So the street that you live on could actually influence your kind of sense of well-being. And um, I think more research in that area might actually provide us someday with some of these hooks that we're finally looking for yeah. that actually help people get to that quantitative um, understanding of, of uh, what it means to be in a co-housing community and the positive benefits. Well, Kelly, was there anything else that you wanted to noodle on? I know it's a little bit unstructured for us today and a little bit more uh, ad hoc free-floating. <laughs> no, I'm glad that, that we could process your experience from this morning. Thank, thank, you. thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should call this therapy with Kelly. Yes. Kelly, <laughs> I have this thought. Help me drive it out. <laughs> so thank you for unpacking that with me. I really appreciate your insights. And um, thanks to our listeners for stopping by. We're so glad you clicked on our episode today. For more information about our project, Co-Housing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about co-housing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Co-Housing Houston. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.